0: Listening to the Red Wave Report, the number one rated Fresno State podcast, the official free podcast of theBarkboard.com. The thoughts and opinions are that of the show host and in no way reflect the thoughts and opinions of the university. And now, here's your hosts. Welcome back, everyone, to another edition of the Red Wave Report. My name is Lucio, your host and producer of the show, and while we're doing something a little different today, we're actually out at the spring practice for Fresno State, and also with me on hand, I have, uh, well, from his long-awaited return back to the Red Wave, I have Mr. Jackson Moore. Jackson, how are you doing today? I'm doing good. It's nice to be out here watching some football and uh, it's nice and cloudy and there's no sweating today like there was on Monday. <laughs> yeah, and uh, I, I you know from watching these practices it's it sure is feels like a different kind of a atmosphere out here. Um you can tell by the the different coaching staff just how how the, the the field just changed this year, don't
1: you think? Yeah, just looking around, I mean there's lots of new faces all over the place. There's only a handful of the coaches that returned, but just watching guys uh, like he saw on the offensive coordinator, he's kind of all over the place, um, working with the quarterbacks a little more one on one. You see him running routes, trying to show the running backs what to do. He's working with the tight ends one on one. When Coach Bernardi's with the special teams, he's kind of you can put him wherever he's needed. And I think that's a big thing because you always saw Shram with the quarterback, so it's it a lot different atmosphere with the coordinator position there. And uh, just overall, watching Ward with the defensive backs looks like he knows what he's doing. He's kind of
0: handling that all by himself and. It uh, just looks like good things are happening all over the place. Really, yeah. And uh, I, I mean, I'm I'm sitting here watching, and uh, I mean, the biggest difference I've noticed so far is is Kisau. I mean, Kiso is really he's he's really more involved uh, a lot more than what Shram was with the quarterbacks. I mean, you can tell that he's really taking his time and and really showing them proper uh, proper stance, proper formation. I mean, just uh, everything just different. I mean, uh, what's your take on that?
1: Now, it is interesting to watch because uh, a lot of the quarterback drills are paired uh, events. You'll have two quarterbacks with each other, and uh, they only have three quarterbacks. So a lot of the times he's paired with uh, Chase and Virgil or Ford Childress, whoever needs that partner, and he's going through the drills, and they're passing the ball back and forth to warm up. And he's, It seems like he's a little more one-on-one. They're doing a few different things I haven't seen before. They're doing drop back with uh, medicine balls, and I haven't seen that one out here at practice before. Um and three quarterbacks that kinda need to work on their strength. it uh, sounds like a good idea to me. Um and then yeah, he's he's all over the place too, not just with the quarterbacks. Like it's almost like watching Coach Harbaugh out at Roosevelt when he was here for the camps. I mean Keesaw's with the running backs stutter stepping showing
0: the routes and <laughs> he looks like he's having fun out there, like he wants to be a part of it too. Yeah, he looks just like one of the other quarterbacks. I mean, he's getting involved. He's dropping back. I mean, he's he's really a lot more animated, uh, but animated in a good way, not not like what Shram used to be. Because when Shram got animated, it was nothing good coming from it. It was just more more of just kind of just getting on their case about it. But he has been he's been working with the quarterbacks. He's also been working, I guess, with the wide receivers. I, I take it, but he. Um, he was he was also getting involved with them, and how big is that? I mean, just from a, a standpoint of these players, just in a development uh, kind of a, a situation, how big is is Eric Kiesaw going to be this year? I think you mentioned it with the receivers. I think that's big too because they've got a young guy with Coach
1: Toller. Uh, I'm sure he's, he's got some work to do uh, from a coaching standpoint this early in his career but you have a young guy like that who's going to really resonate with recruits it's, it's really natural for the younger rec- coaches to go out there go to houses and and hit it off with players a lot better than some of the more experienced coaches but uh, to have uh, a backup option with Keysaw it can pretty much go to any position and and uh, knows what's going on especially with receivers uh, basic fundamentals that you can shore up and um, he does seem to t- have it taken to the receivers, especially, but um, it is big to have him out there. Uh, it kind of reminds you of when Pat Hill used to be out here going station to station with each coach. He's doing a lot of the same things, but specifically, specifically with the offense, of course.
0: Now, uh, not to be overshadowed, uh, Coach Ward is also new this year, and he's been he's been out there working a lot with the with the defensive. Group, but he's been mainly been focusing more on the defensive backs this year. And another coach that I saw that was still out here is Ricky Manning Jr. I mean, he hasn't made his way over to Seattle just yet. It's nice to see that he's still out here working with these Bulldogs. And uh, what's your take on that? I mean, what type of a person you know does that? Yeah, well,
1: the coach Ward watching him with the defensive backs uh, seems like he knows what he's doing for sure. Uh, Spending a lot of time just on different drills that I haven't seen the team do before, different strategies he's bringing over to Fresno State. And uh, he seems to have a real command with the players. Uh, Coach uh, Woodson, who was here before, was a younger guy, so I felt like there's a different kind of relationship. Coach Ward is uh, a little more experienced, and I I think he's got a little more command over what's going on. And I think you have a group of defensive backs who are more confident, and uh, they're more willing to... Kind of listen to the coach, go through the drills and take it more seriously now that um, it's been so long where the defensive backs just seem to really lack confidence and um, they, they had to do a lot of work on fundamentals they needed to work on and these guys just look more experienced. Coach Ward's taking them to that next level and I think you're going to see that this year but of course it, it's not going to mean much if the front seven doesn't improve and you've got the same coaches there. Uh, coach Toth is going to have a little more time to work there but uh, will be interesting to see how that plays out. Uh, the D line, especially, is going to be the big thing. Uh, you've got Pat Bellany, who's back with his second year, and uh, he looks like he's doing pretty well at the nose, as well as Malik Forrester, who, uh, while needs to get in a little better shape, is showing a lot of signs of improvement. And uh, I think those two guys are going to allow Nate Madsen to, to get on the end. And um, it's just going to be a wait and see to
0: see if uh, it's an effective move or if it's a little more of the same with the front seven. So there's just no way of telling uh, just how how good this defense is going to be this year until we actually get to see uh, what the de- uh, the defensive line does. I mean, because that's been the sore spot this year, these past couple of years, has been putting pressure on that quarterback. Now, if they're able to develop the pressure on the quarterback with the defensive line and maybe get after that quarterback, it should make things fairly easy for the defensive backs since we've got a bunch of starters returning this season, correct?
1: Yeah, we have Tyquan Glass, who really broke out last year. Uh, Daquan Brown, I imagine, is going to get in that starting lineup. He sat out as a transfer last year, was a very impressive player at Washington State. Um, And then the safeties are going to be a little uh, in flux, so we'll see how they shore up there. But especially at the cornerbacks, that's been probably the biggest problem when the defense has had uh, troubles over the past few years. Uh, They should be solid there. Um, but yeah, it's going to be tough a tough read on the D-line, not only because you've got a lot of new guys there, but the O-line has got a couple holes to fill. You've got three junior college guys in here that are working, and uh, it's going to be tough because <laughs> you have your own O-line against your own D-line, and uh, don't have... A lot of past games or anything to base about half of those guys on, so it's going to be a tough read until they actually get back in the fall and start facing some competition too.
0: Now, one of the uh, one of the things that I've been uh, watching that I've I've really enjoyed watching is Joe Bernardi. I mean, the addition of Joe Bernardi this season, uh, you can you can already feel the difference as far as what he brings to the table. He's been working mainly with the tight ends, and I think it's going to be a, a great uh, a great addition to these tight ends so what's your take on how joe Bernardi's doing so far yeah joe's solid i mean it's nice to see him back when i started covering the team he was still in the uniform
1: and uh he's very not much has changed he's a really uh nice personable guy with a a loud booming voice which is great to hear on the the field uh he has matured obviously um i think he's got a good command of the the players out there and he's going to resonate with recruits too but um, I think the interesting thing there is the tight ends. Before, you had Coach Early, and they are really either just with the O-line or the inside receivers. Early was kind of working with the inside receivers and the tight ends, so there wasn't a whole lot of uh, specific drills for the tight end or player development there I felt like and now Bernardi is doing that Keesaw jumps in there and does that too but the good thing about Bernardi is that he can also jump in with the O-line being a center from the Bulldogs not too long ago he jumps in there with Coach Weber when uh, the tight ends are over with the receivers and then uh, the other thing Bernardi does is uh, being a Pat Hill understudy he jumps in there with the special teams and that that's going to help out a lot too I think.
0: Now, one thing I, 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 that I just love is the way Joe Bernardi is—he he carries himself on the field, and he's actually—he's—he's he's very vocal and playful with the other coaches, from what I can tell. He—he's kind of teasing the other coaches, and it just—it it lightens up the mood. I mean, how how big is that? I mean, that's just uh, that's an awesome thing to just kind of lighten the mood at practices instead of being this real serious type of practice all the time. He kind of brings kind of more of. Uh, an ease to the whole situation don't you think i certainly think so and you need
1: that a bit with the team that only won three games last year Uh, morale isn't at its highest and you've got new coaches coming in everything's a little bit different uh just kind of a a different atmosphere and you've got a lot of young players There seemed to be almost a little bit of divide you had last year a senior class had so much success and mixed with a lot of young players who hadn't even seen the field and now it's kind of down to that young group of guys who has a year under their belt and we'll see if these new coaches can take them to that next level or if it's going to be another year of struggles here
0: now i know we had the uh this past season uh, this last past couple of months there was the departure of josiah blandon uh and so that kind of uh, opens things up a little bit for some of the other wide receivers now i wasn't sure if josiah was was going to be one of those players that was going to stay in the starting lineup with some of the talent that's coming up in the ranks uh what's your take on the wide receiver uh, situation coming into the season yeah just losing losing
1: josiah was big i think he's a really talented receiver and with his height it's a it's pretty valuable um i think his numbers would have been a lot better with the fluid quarterback situation uh when he got his chances last year i think he took advantage uh losing him is going to be tough but again you have Aaron Peck coming back he Blandon field his role when he was hurt last year if Peck's back Peck will take that role back so I don't think they're going to skip too much of a beat there um Peck has had some struggles as most of the bark boards aware of, with the uh, drops but uh having that year off he's rehabbed he looks like he's in pretty good shape I think uh he should be able to fill in that role pretty well. The other thing, not only is Blandon not here, but uh, Jameer Jordan is sitting out at the moment uh, working on some minor injuries. And uh, not having him out there is opening up a lot of reps because he's, with uh, Blandon out, he's really the one big returner. Jordan had a really big Richard freshman year. Uh, you look at maybe Delvon Hardaway, but, again, he was kind of uh, not at 100% for a lot of last year. So there's a lot of reps open, especially at that slot receiver where Jordan uh, took the, the majority of those reps and Keon Williams transferred out so there's uh, a lot of work to do with the slot and you even have basically the three receivers returning with uh, Hardaway, Peck and uh, Keyshawn Johnson those three guys are kind of taking the, the majority of those reps and Peck has slid around they're, they're going to put their best receivers out there so I wouldn't be surprised if one of those end up at slot again
0: now uh changing gears going back to the quarterback position. Um we know that uh, Chase and Virgil had an injury at the end of the, at the beginning of the season last year. Now he has been practicing <clears throat> of course and uh does he seem like he skipped a beat at all? Is he is he is there any kind of lingering effects going on with the with his shoulder or anything? Uh Virgil looks like he's in good shape. He says he's feeling good and
1: uh, they're letting him run out there uh, all three quarterbacks I think that at one time or another, went through an injury last year, Um, probably still a little dinged up, but they're playing them at 100%, and uh, they all look to be like uh, they're capable quarterbacks right now, and I think Chasen looks like the best of the three at the moment, Uh, I think he's looking solid out there, and I'm waiting to see until we get some uh, scrimmage that are open to the public, and we can see as well what they look like when they go live, mostly watching drills right now, but... I think it's kind of the same situation. Virgil's the top guy, assuming he can stay healthy.
0: Now uh, another position that's kind of a, a question mark going into this season is what do we have back over at running back? Um, so you've got a chance to actually see some of them uh, practice, and, and do you have a feel on who's got the inside track on the starting position at running back?
1: I would say Dontell James. He's definitely the first-team guy right now. Uh, wasn't on the team last year. He was on the team the year before that, which is an odd situation. uh Sounded like he was going to transfer out with uh, some injury issues and playing time, that question, but now the running back cupboard is pretty bare. He's back here and he's definitely got the jump. Another guy who you assume would be number one, assuming he can stay healthy. Um, I think they're going to have, a lot of, well, they are going to have three running backs come in as freshmen in the fall that I think will maybe carry that committee as well but after James here in spring uh Bryson Oglesby looks to be the clear number two uh he's the guy that was supposed to come in last fall uh, had to get his academics in order now he's playing here in the spring our first chance to see him in pads and uh I believe Wesley Hill was in that mix I don't think I saw him today so I'm not sure exactly where they stand on that situation uh it looks like uh, DeJounte O'Neal might be moving to slot. They've been working him there a lot. don't know if that's a depth issue because the slot and the running back positions are both pretty thin right now, but um, I think he'll be used in some capacity between the two positions as well.
0: Alright, and I, I think that pretty much covers it for, for what we have this coming spring. Uh, only things, things are only going to start to open up a little bit more as we head in, into fall. Uh, do you What's your feel? Is there going to be any any major shakeup going into the season as far as any uh, any spot on the team, or is there? It's just going to be business as usual.
1: Uh, I I think they definitely need to go out and get a receiver before uh, fall comes around. They said they had, like two scholarships to work with, and they wanted to wait till spring to see what they really needed after watching the team. And a receiver, I think, is going to be on the top of that list after Blandon leaves, and uh, we'll see what they do with that second scholarship. Uh, That's the kind of scholarship they used on Blandon last year. They got Taequann Glass on that kind of situation. So they've been able to use those scholarships particularly smart to get uh, junior college guys that kind of fall under the radar. Uh, Other than that, I don't expect to see too much different uh, with this team from now to fall, except for, of course, the new group of freshmen. A couple positions are going to need that depth right away, not going to be able to afford red shirts. So we'll see how fast
0: those guys climb up the charts. All right. Um, Well that pretty much covers football but i want to kind of train change gears a little bit i know you've been covering a lot of fresno state basketball and so they're going to be heading into the mountain west tournament what are the dogs chances heading into the uh into the tournament this is it this weekend i think or in the next few days actually uh what are their chances of actually coming out of that with a with some sort of success I think they definitely have a chance to
1: run the tables. I think they have a chance to get knocked out in the quarterfinals. It's a really bizarre Mountain West season. The Bulldogs have beaten San Diego State, New Mexico. That's kind of the top uh, teams in the conference. They've also lost to San Jose State. They've uh, survived two games against Air Force. It's going to be, whatever team they see, it's going to be a challenge. So it's tough to just predict that they can win three of those games back-to-back. But they're such, on such a good run right now. Uh I think they're probably the hottest team going into the conference tournament, uh, assuming, I mean, Utah State's tonight. <laughs> but we'll, uh, after that game, we'll have a little bit of a better idea. But, um, I mean, the, the seeding-wise, they're in good shape. Um, it's just the one concern is if these guys get run down because they've been playing without some bodies. They're back now for the most part. But a guy like Marvell has been logging a lot of minutes on that body. Uh, Colin Russo has stepped into a bigger role so he should be relatively good to go for a, a good run but um yeah it's kind of up in the air we'll see
0: literally any team can beat any team in this tournament now uh, you mentioned Marvel harris he's he's really not that far away from melvin eli's uh scoring title uh for all-time scorer in fresno state history uh do you think he's going to end his career uh, well above what Melvin Eli was able to do? I think so. If he hits
1: his average uh, tonight with Utah State and then uh, in the first round of the conference tournament, win or loss, he'll have it to himself. But I think this team should play at least two games. I hope, really hope they get out of that quarterfinal because it's been so long since Fresno State has really given the red wave anything to be excited about uh, past that quarterfinal round. It's been over a decade since they've kind of got the hopes up that maybe they'll get that auto bid uh the worst case scenario Marvell gets it I think still but I imagine they'll see a couple games and maybe if they don't make it to the tournament the NCAA tournament they'll have uh some sort of Las Vegas 16 I think the NIT is a bit of a stretch but I think he'll get
0: a chance to pile on that record before in some sort of postseason all right and then in- one final thing. Um, there's another hot team right now in Fresno State, uh, and that would be the baseball team. Uh, right now, they won their game last night again, posting a record now of ten and zero. The last time they went ten and zero was back to 1951 when the Bulldogs actually went eleven and zero to start the season. What do you? What are the chances they might be able to eclipse that again tonight? I mean, it's it's getting it's it's almost turning into almost like a Cinderella type of story so far. What's what's your thoughts on the baseball team? Well, yeah, they've shown the ability to get hot, and that's really basketball and baseball too. It's a kind
1: of a sport where, unless you put some sort of extremely impressive resume as a Mountain West school for the entire year, you've got to get hot at the right time to make it to any meaningful postseason. And if they can get throughout the season and kind of put this kind of same run they're doing right now to start the season as they can to finish then uh, yeah i think they've definitely got a shot at making some noise uh now with san diego state and the mountain west play you'll see how they stack up against some conference competition but it's a long season i've gotten out to see them a couple times and i'm pretty impressed uh i like the arms i like the bats That's not necessarily a, a really powerful offense but they seem to be able to to get the job done um, base running is maybe the one spot I've seen they can shore up, but they seem to be able to, to get guys on base, and they know how to bring them in. So uh, it's a fun team to watch. I'm glad I've been able to get out there and see them a couple times, you as well, and uh, they're, they're an entertaining team. So if if you haven't been out to baseball in a couple of years, it's been kind of a, a stagnant maybe the last couple of years. I think it's time to go back out there and watch them.
0: Yeah, definitely. Jackson and I have both been out at those games, and we've been uh, we've been taking turns taking photos and posting them up on the website. So hopefully, you guys are enjoying that. Um, but uh, that being said, Jackson, why don't you let everybody know what you have in the pipeline, what you got going on, if there's anything that uh, they should be looking for.
1: Well, we've got spring coverage here. It's going to run us for a couple more weeks. This is just the first week, and the team, the way they're set up this year, they're going to have spring break-off. So spring ball is going to last over a month. It's going to be a little different than usual. And uh, as much as we can get out here to practice, we'll have interviews for you, pictures, video, uh, recaps. Too Deep is up on the insider board, and that's always changing with such a young team. Uh, We've got basketball coverage. Uh, Home games have been uh, finished unless there's some sort of odd postseason they come back, but uh, you can catch all those recaps and highlights up on the board. Uh, We'll try and uh, have some sort of coverage of the tournament and what happens here with the postseason and uh, all sorts of uh, analysis. Baseball, we're out there taking pictures. And then, of course, recruiting. Uh, A lot of seven-on-seven camps going on. You've been out there. We've got a couple big ones coming up. The opening is going to be coming around the corner um, to, it's just uh, it seems like there's not much going on with uh, basketball coming to an end and you just got baseball and softball and things going on but recruiting's coming around they're giving out a lot of offers and especially when spring ends you'll see a big increase in offers and we'll be trying to get a hold of as many of those recruits as possible and letting you know where they stand with Fresno State
0: Alright and so Jackson why don't you go ahead and let them know how they can find you and uh, and go from there you can find me on Twitter.
1: It's Jackson M underscore Scout. Uh, you can reach me there. Um, you can also catch me on the boards. So we have the direct messaging system. Just um, I'm over there on the boards. You can find me. as My username is Jackson Moore. Shoot me a, a personal message. And I'll be sure to respond to you. And, um, yeah, we're, we've got the Facebook. It's it being more active. So if you're on Facebook a lot, you should see our links pop up. Make sure to give those a like and a share. And,
0: and uh, I hope you enjoy all the content. All right. So if you, if you enjoyed this show, this is a taste of what we usually do on the Bulldog uh, Blast podcast, our premium podcast for the Bark Board. So if you hadn't had a chance already, head on over to BarkBoard.com and uh, sign up for a uh, premium subscription so you can get access to all of our premium content. Uh, my name is Lucio. You can reach me at, at Red Wave Report on Twitter. You can also email the show at Report at gmail.com or actually follow our Facebook page. I post a lot of stuff on there as well. Just look for red wave report. Now also, uh, don't forget about Josh Webb, our other, um, uh, our other content provider to the website. You can reach him at fight on twist and, uh, and also at bulldog at bulldog twist as well. Uh, and so, uh, just head on over to the barkboard and, uh, And make sure you become a member. So again, until next time, we will see you again.